Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, or should I say evening, actually, it's 5 o'clock. Um, I wanted to say, first and foremost, Happy New Year, considering that this is actually the very first show that Cindy's having for the New Year 2013. So, I'm very excited, of course, in case you didn't catch it on Facebook or Twitter, to see that the gentleman I'm having on this evening is a man by the name of Hal Spielman, and he has done a uh, absolutely lovely website, in addition to which a book uh, called Suddenly Solo. I'm very, very excited to be hosting him today, as, of course, he is being my first interview of the year. I just wanted to take a quick second to let everybody know, and this is tentative, of course. I'm working on this right now as I had a cancellation for tomorrow night's show, and so I'm currently working on getting Aviva Drescher of the Real Housewives of New York to try to uh, be convinced to fit in an hour-long slot to come in on our show tomorrow. So hopefully cross your fingers overnight that, indeed, yes, she will be one of our guests for tomorrow's show. Also wanted to throw a shout-out uh, to those that are in the Milwaukee area. If you're looking for something to do this evening, my very dear friend Dave Miller, who usually hosts more of a what you would call an open jam, is going to be doing so this evening. It's going to be conducted down at the Astor Hotel. And so for any of you who happen to be in the Milwaukee area who are looking for something to do, please go ahead and feel free to stop down there and check him out. Amazing group of musicians. Um, I know that Rick Holmes, who's a Milwaukee musician, has been down there. Of course, like I said, Dave Holmes, my dear friend um, and belly dancer in the local area, Demetra Anderson, will be down there with her husband, Rick. Um, and yours truly, I think, is going to be making an appearance this evening. So. Definitely, if you get an opportunity, please stop down there, of course. And for those of you who are listening that are in the California area, you'll be excited to hear, or maybe not excited to hear, that Cindy, Cindy of Sin's Chat Corner is actually going to be coming down to California this coming weekend for the Easy Riders Tour. I'm actually going to be coming down there for the duration of the weekend, uh, an opportunity to meet uh friend of mine, obviously, who's been on our show before, Ted Alva, who is one of the castmates of Sons of Anarchy, and of course, how much more exciting can it be knowing full well that I'm going to be meeting, um, or hopefully meeting, depending on the line, Charlie Hunnam, who of course plays Jax Teller um, on the show, Sons of Anarchy. And additionally, in case any of you were not aware, um, over the break, of course, through Christmas, uh, we had a wonderful development occur. Sam Crow, who is a friend of mine on Facebook, uh, actually approached me about becoming administrator for Sam Crow Radio. And, of course, we will get you more details to follow after our interview with Hal, because I see he's now on the line. So here we go. Good evening, Hal. Hi, Cindy. How are you today? Hi. Oh, my goodness. I was just talking about the new year and how excited I was that Hal's my absolute first guest for 2013. So I'm very, very excited. <laughs> I am. I'm very excited to find out about you. I, I have done my research. I have tons of questions for you. All right. Let's see if I can answer some. Uh, okay. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And by the way, before I started, I wanted to just send out a perfect shout-out to Dana Humphrey. Thank you so much for organizing this interview. Um, she's just absolutely lovely lady, and I'm so very glad that she approached me about having you come on. Um, first of all, the most generic question, just how was your holiday season and New Year's this year? Oh, wonderful. I had my uh, family in from different parts of the country, and uh, they all bunked in. There were eight of us. Uh, wow. I think we, we had people sleeping in almost every room in the house, okay. and it was a lot of fun. Oh, wonderful. That's terrific. Now, are you like everybody else in that we all have a New Year's resolution, of course? Did you deduce anything that you wanted to do this year? Uh, actually, I didn't make any resolutions this year. I, really? Uh, yes, because I've just been so involved in what is going on with the book and the website that uh, that if I had a resolution, it would just be um, maybe slow down a little bit, but 
but I won't sure. do that. So I didn't make ah. bother to make the resolution at all. I gotcha. And in case all of you didn't know, Hal is like, you know, 35 years old, so he's just a young lad here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's a now long I wanted time to, ago. I was just going to say, and you look very good for your age, so those of you who haven't gone out to the website, which we will talk about later, obviously, to suddenly saw the website, there is a picture of Hal on there, so I get an opportunity to check out this chap that, I, chap that I'm talking to, rather. And you're a very distinguished gentleman, very distinguished, distinguished-looking gentleman. I can't talk today. Um now, before we start our conversation um, pertaining to your career, I wanted to kind of step back a little bit, maybe delve into your history. Um, I understand that you're a widower with three sons, and That's I wanted correct. to maybe, I wanted to maybe ask you if you could share with us um, how you first met your wife, and also maybe ask if her passing on was a factor into your um, decision to start the book on the website. Yes. Uh, well, um, this was. Uh, a second marriage for me, and uh, and uh, a very very happy one. Um, I met my wife through uh, through the woman who was my office manager, and she oh. was a close friend. And um, we had met passingly in some other occasion, but uh, we we met at a at a party that uh, my office manager had thrown for some some friends, and we started dating. Um, and uh, things just kind of clicked, even though there was a big age difference between us. Uh, uh, but um, she was a, a very active and, uh, in some ways, uh, relatively well known. If you knew an age, an ad agency called Wells Rich and Green, um, she was Mary Wells' speechwriter, as well oh. as a, an active futurist. And mm-hmm. she would be quoted in, in newspapers and in the in the uh, uh, economic journals, the the, uh, the Financial Times quoted her a number of times in terms of her writing. So she was a very, very interesting woman. Um, and uh, she passed away five years ago. And when that happened, uh, I retired from my company shortly after that. And um, when I found that there was so little available in the way of information for mature men who were widowed or divorced, that led me into pursuing research about what are people doing when they are in that situation, and that led to the whole um, the whole suddenly solo activity. Um, I applied the research technology that I had spent my life working on, and my my professional career is in marketing and advertising and communications research. I founded my own company back in 1968, um, which is still in existence, uh, though I'm not active in it. And uh, they they operate with rather unique techniques in uh, 53 countries. So it, it was a successful venture, but I took the techniques we were using for some of the largest corporations in the world, and I applied it to trying to understand how um, people that, become solo, uh, uh, mature people, uh, how do they operate, how they handle the new situation for them. It becomes particularly interesting when you realize that many of these people had not been single for 40 years or 30, 40 years when they uh, they married, when they got out of school, to uh, generally to someone they met in school, in college or high school, 
and then followed a pretty standard course of uh, of uh, marrying, having children, uh, having them grow up, and now uh, once more they are single. But the environment is different, and the world is different out there. So oh, of course, definitely. And that's what led me into this whole into this whole activity, and it's been very okay. exciting and a great oh, deal of, and I've learned a lot. Oh, I imagine so, and is, and just kind of taken aback by that statement that you made. It's just amazing to me to think about an individual who's been married for 30 or 40 years and then finding themselves suddenly single. What kind of a shock that must be to someone and an adjustment as it relates uh, to One of the interesting facts that we came up with is that uh, 24% of men, mature men, um, are happy in their marriage, and all of a sudden their wife approaches them and says, I want a divorce. And the baby wow. boomers enormously high divorce rate and they're people in their late 50s and 60s and they're getting divorced Um, and the grounds are not necessarily um, uh, just uh, an incompatibility it may be that uh, so frequently now a woman has her own independence her own income and she decides she wants the term we hear is more space Uh, I don't quite know what that defines but right um, it it means that they want to change. And the husband, and we found in 24% of of the divorce cases, that uh, are surprised when that happens. They think they're in a happy marriage. So it's it's a revelation, the things we are finding, and the myths that exist that that our data is dispelling. Next question. Next (laughs) question, sir. Okay. No, that's okay. That's fine. Um, I wanted to talk about part of your background in case individuals don't know. I know that um, you have experience as a sociologist. I know that you um, were in the military and Army, obviously. And then, of course, co-founder of your business, which is McCollum um, Spielman Worldwide. Now, if I could ask you, out of those three career choices, which would you say was the most enjoyable for you? And additionally, maybe provide for us the inspiration behind choosing these different paths in life. Well, the sociology part was my majors at college. Um, Mm -hmm. And, of course, that was a long, long time ago. But the business experience has been fascinating because that's where you really meet people. And I think um, the kind of work that you do and the people that you meet uh, help to formulate your personality and your growth and interests. So I, I would say clearly my business experience has been the most exciting, the most interesting, and many times the most uh, the most ang- anxious, but also the most fun. Oh, see, now that surprises me. I would have pegged you and said, you know, the Army was this great experience because I've heard from other individuals how their military experiences were just uh, – pleasurable to them to some extent, just because of the purpose of the occupation, obviously. Um, uh, I would not call my military experience uh, pleasant. It was not, I, I, I have to confess, I did not suffer. I was very fortunate. I got to be a corporal. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, for many people, it was a very difficult experience. It was not a difficult experience for me, but it, it, but it was certainly an I was only 18, and, and I was just over 20 when I got out and went back to college. So it was not the kind of military experience that that some men are confronted with, where they spend four 
uh, were under extreme duress. I had occasions like that, but not not really very. I was very lucky in my military experience, but it was really the growth experience. And at 18, certainly, it's a growth experience, 18 to 20. The real growth experience was in my business activity and the, the, the people I met. You meet some wonderful people, and you meet some not-so-wonderful people. Uh, so building and growing a business, that's starting from scratch of, uh, of having uh, just three people involved, and then building a company, we had 75 people in our main office. We had people working for us all over the country and then eventually all over the world. Uh, that's exciting. That is and exciting and amazing. Well, others do it too, and, but it, it was it was uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it, and I, I find building the suddenly solo activity, which is not really a business in the in the, in the true money making sense, uh, since we don't make any money at all. Uh, Correct. Um, but it's been fascinating doing this. Um, the investments have been my own, but I I I, I see it as a um, uh, as a fun activity. I've just really enjoyed doing the things we're doing. Wonderful. And you have so much zeal for it and so much passion for it, which you exude as I'm listening to you talk about this. And I'm curious to ask you, um, what was your children's reaction when you decided to embark upon the Suddenly Solo Project? What, what were their thoughts on that? Oh, they thought it was great. Uh, really? Because, uh, oh, absolutely. Um uh, they just recognized that it was a way of keeping uh, of, of keeping me busy. I didn't ask them about doing it. I just went ahead and started doing it. Sure. And then as I talked to them, and my, my kids are all uh, professionals uh, of one kind or another, and uh, they just thought it would, be, uh, it would be a fascinating topic. So as soon as I started discussing it with them, they immediately said, wow, that's really terrific. Um, and, and my youngest son, who just turned 30 uh, uh, a few days ago, uh, he's a graduate student, and his field is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is sociology, anthropology, and communications. So this was right. I was surprised when he went into, into that because it paralleled my own education so nicely. Hmm. But they've been enthusiastic and very, very supportive. And are they uh, part- actual participants, meaning as it relates to the website, or did they have any sort of integral involvement in any of this? No, they did not. Okay. Um, okay. I've had discussions with them, particularly with my youngest son, um, but I and, and uh, my my uh, my number two son is a neuropsych doctor, and uh, sometimes he has had some suggestions, as has his wife, my daughter-in-law, who is a uh, clinical psychologist. And 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 just the whole aspect of dealing with behavior and how people uh, perceive and understand and behave uh, are certainly areas they're interested in, but they've not been participants other than in a very uh, passing way where I, I might talk about some specific issue or a topic with them. Gotcha. Okay, perfectly understandable. Now, I wanted to mention to the audience, obviously, that you have earned many recognitions throughout your life and throughout your career, of course. Um, I understand that you served as president for eight years of the Optometric Center of New York, and that brought about, as I understand it, the reward of the Ben Franklin Medal. 
And I thought maybe I could ask you to explain to our audience how you earned this uh, honor and what actually the Ben Franklin Medal stands for, to those of us who don't know what it is for. Well, um, maybe I should really talk about the Optometric Center. It's the largest yeah. eye care facility in the country. We, we have over 70,000 patients a year come through that wow. facility, and it's part of, the, of SUNY, of the State University of New York. It's the clinical arm of the College of Optometrics and Vision Science. Um, and my involvement with them goes back now about 25 years. And it is a, an absolutely fascinating place. If you are in New York, if you're in Manhattan, and uh, walk along 42nd Street, you'll see that we hold we have an 18-story building there uh, for education and, and eye care and eye treatment. Um, my involvement with them has been to help them grow the facility, help them grow the college. And uh, that, the consequence of that was that at some point the, the Board of Regents uh, um, presented me with that uh, Ben Franklin Award. Um, it's an absolutely fascinating place because you can spend a whole day there and never see anybody getting fitted with a pair of glasses because they have uh, a, tr a head trauma unit, an infant child um, uh, observation and, and diagnostic unit. Uh, they are a leading center for low vision um, uh, experience, uh, fitting, and experimentation. It's, it's a um, key place for the development and in improving the whole issue of eye care for people of all ages and um, uh, and frequently uh, um, there are people coming from all over the world to visit this facility because it it is a unique place with with the ability to treat um, all kinds of uh, eye and vision problems. Oh, that's and it's, amazing! It's been absolutely fascinating being involved with it. Kudos yeah, to you. where are you headquartered right now? I'm curious. Me, me myself. I'm located yeah. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm living in oh, the land okay. of snow and cold right now. <laughs> but I anticipate coming to New York, of course, because I have very dear friends, actually, most of which from the show who I've interviewed, who I know. Um, actually, so I was going to plan a visit there. I'm actually going to California this weekend um, for another venture to meet some more clients. So I, I too tend to travel and get around. So my hope is to get to New York because there's a bunch of people that have been on my show that are nagging me senseless about coming to visit. <laughs> and so I have, like, all these pit stops that I have to make. So this would be kind of an interesting um, project for me to kind of come and check out the center. I think that would be really neat. Or to any individual. We hope you will alert me to that because I've been Oh, very I definitely much... would. Yeah, that would be great. I definitely would. That would be. Now I want to um, I want to toot your horn for a moment here to the again those of us who don't know this. Your resume truly is just nothing, in my opinion, short of amazing and, and admirable. Um, so prepare yourself to those that are listening for this plethora of acknowledgments. I'm going to read off here. Um, I know that you had served on New York State Governor's Commission on Graduate School Education. I know that uh, you've been the president of Market Research Council and the Copy Research Council. I know that you have chaired conferences for both the AMA and the ARF. Uh, you were a research advisor to the Ad Council, elected to Market Research Hall of Fame, and, of course, the speaker at, at the Association of National Advisors, American Marketing Association, and Advertising Research Foundation. Whew, that's a lot to say. Um, 
So I was well, interested to. If you stay in it long enough, you do all these things. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and undoubtedly over the span of time here, uh, the one thing that kind of struck me that I wanted to ask you, um, maybe if you could describe for us the choices that you made in your life journey that, that prompted you to have to end up basically with this extensive vocational list. I mean, what were you approached to do these particular things? Were these things that you embarked upon on your own? How did you get to have such a, a amazing resume, for lack of a better term? Um, in some ways, some of this just happens. If you okay. are um, are active in your industry, and I was, um, some of these things just kind of fall into place. But I, I, uh, I guess I've always had a high interest in in communication, and to me, this uh, you might say education, communication, and this means. Passing information, what you've not, what you've learned, on to other people, and um, so many of those activities are exactly that. You you've learned things, you pass them on to the next group of people. They grow with that, and and carry the whole um, uh, activity, whatever it happens to be, whether it's in in research or in the optometric center activities, you you carry that forward. Um, uh, I, I'm involved in our local library. Well, why a library? Well, it, it happens to be a wonderful place. It's one of only uh, 50 out of 7,000 public libraries that is a five-star library. It's a center of learning. It's a center mm-hmm. of people meeting. It's a center of education. And that, to me, is uh, uh, kind of reflects what, would have been my interests, um, I guess, all through my life. And mm-hmm. some of the uh, other things you've mentioned are essentially derivatives of, of that kind of um, learning, understanding my learning, then being able to pass on information to other people in the, in the form of conferences or meetings or presentations or, or just being part of the library, for example. Right, certainly. And and what's nice is, is that you have taken that vast amount of experience that you've gained and gone from place to place to place and been able to take part in so many different ventures and so many different places. And whereby, you know, behooving us with all of your wisdom, I guess that's the best way I can put it. I never thought of it as, I think that's the first well, time anybody threw that word at me. But uh, Very I, true, I guess, though, actually, because it, with age comes experience, comes maturity, comes wisdom comes the benefit of being able to pass along to other individuals things that you have learned and gained through this life journey. And so, of course, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people like yourself because you are able to offer that and give it so willingly and freely. Um, so kudos to you. I'm just raving about you some more. Don't worry, I'll keep doing it. Um, uh, you realize this means I'm not going to be able to put any of my hats on my head. <laughs> I think you'll manage just fine. Thank you. You've been interviewed before, and I'm sure people say lovely things about you all the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Now, I, again, wanted to let everybody know, in case you don't, obviously, how, along with the assistance of his partner, created the website, obviously, called Suddenly Solo. Now, this particular site, as I – oh, I'm sorry? It's suddenlysolo.org. That's a, a major difference. Because it is an organization solo rather than okay. a dot. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, I 
wanted to preface that your particular website is created in order to provide a positive sense of renewal and offer advice on how to move forward for obviously mature widowed or divorced men. Um, I want to ask, at what point in your life did you make the decision to formulate the existence of this project? Um, I guess it really came into place about um, uh, probably about two years ago. Um, okay. I started doing the research, and then as I did the research, it 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 kind of came together under this concept of suddenly solo, because the people I was interviewing, and we, we've done seven different studies, we've interviewed over a thousand men and over six hundred women. Um, wow! And it, it, it reflected itself in the status of being solo, of being, and for many in many cases, suddenly solo. Um, and that that kind of that idea was the crystallizing idea and the concept that we built around. Um, and our intent originally was just to write a book, which is will be on Amazon next week, actually. Um, right. But, but as we went further into it, we and recognizing the the new media, we said, well, we need a website as well, and we turned to some professionals. Who have helped us? <clears throat> excuse me. Who have helped us build the website and help us maintain it? Um, so we we kid around all the time, saying, "Boy, it's not easy feeding this beast because it's a very <laughs> dynamic website. It it, right. um, it it just constant new information, and it is an information site. Um, it's not written in a heavy-handed way. It it continues our all, our whole feeling of being." Uh, light-handed, being humorous if we can. Um, we write, uh, for example, um, movie reviews, and we usually end up saying, well, this is a good um, a good movie to take a date to, but uh, take one who uh, is open-minded, you know, things like that. Um, we don't try to be totally serious. Though the topics are serious, the way we deal with them is not meant to be serious. I understand. And, and, and now... Uh, and the website is very dynamic. If you, if you looked at it, and you see we have videos of people talking about their life experiences, both men and women, interestingly. That was one of our surprises, though we, we oriented to men. We find that women are coming on the website, and we're getting asked how questions from women as well as men. And that's okay. one of the areas, one of the topics. Gotcha. Uh, I wanted to also ask additionally to that, do you feel that the, how has this project changed your life from a personal standpoint? Has it changed your life at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I just, it, it's, it's brought, not that I was backwards socially, but it's helped to bring me out socially. It also, um, the topic is one that as soon as you put it on the table, at a dinner party, everybody has something to say about it. And again, I'm talking about mature people because that's my my contemporaries. But as soon as I, uh, you know, somebody said, "Well, what do you do? You know, you're retired. What do you? Well, I'm not exactly retired. I'm involved in this project. Oh, I know somebody in that situation. Oh, that you just described so and so. Gee, they're doing. And then it opens up the whole topic of what people are doing. It's a fascinating topic. And it's affected me in that I think
understanding of of dealing and listening to a woman's point of view, not just the male point of view. It's given me some reasonable insights into what women are thinking about and where they are coming from, and I'm talking about single women now, um, in, in their life experiences and expectations about their future and what, you know, we're all living longer, not all, but many of us are living longer. And it opens up opportunity. A 60-year-old woman is looking at another 20 to 30 years of living. Well, how is she going to live? The same thing is true of uh, of a man who's 65. He's got another 20 years. What's he going to be doing with that time? What's his contribution to be? Uh, It's interesting in that the book, the forward for the book, and, and eventually the afterward of the book, was written by uh, a guy named Bill Novelli. Well, who's Bill Novelli? He's the recently retired CEO of AARP. And yeah. he's an old friend of mine. And when I asked him about, actually, I was telling him about the book and then asked almost offhand if he'd consider writing the forward. And he did. And it's brilliant. And he talks about in that, um, in the afterward part, about what are you going to contribute in your maturity to bettering the life of others as well as yourself. And he's got a whole group of suggestions in there, as we do within the book as well. By the way, the book is also called Suddenly Solo, and uh, right. it's in print uh, at the printers now, and is uh, I think it's next week will be available on Amazon. Yep. In fact, we we're just going to get to that, actually, as a matter of fact. Um, I want to ask you if you feel, to date, up to this point, do you feel that um, this project has been a successful venture for you? And if so, why do you feel that way? Well, uh, certainly not a not a financial venture. It was not it was not set up. Or, uh, it's not that we're averse to covering our costs, but that was not the reason it was set up. I think it's been a very successful adventure on multiple levels. On a personal level, I've really enjoyed doing this. Mm-hmm. On a on a broader level. It seems to be meaningful to other people. Um, we had a, 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 a query from a man in Boston who um, his wife had left. He's a man in his 60s. His wife of many years often left him for a younger man. That's exactly what he put in his, in his note to us. And he was extremely depressed. He was in shock and depressed. And he went to the website. He discovered the website. And he said flatly that had helped him because of its upbeat nature to deal with with this very difficult time in his life. And, boy, that really feels good. Um, uh, I, I've had a similar comment made by, a, in this case, a, a rabbi who, who deals with bereavement groups. And, uh, and he's talked to them about it, and he's gotten very positive feedback from from some of the people that went to the website. And it just eased their difficulty in dealing with their personal situation. And, you know, <laughs> that's got to make you feel good. And it absolutely makes me feel good. So uh, that, that's been a big part of the benefit and the, the, the pleasure of being involved in this. Certainly. And, and of course, to those who have not checked out the website as of yet, it's just I can tell you I've done it myself. 
and looked at it and just seen how, how properly structured it is. It's so well put together. There's so many elements of, of interest on there. I know that you have the Ask Health section and you've got a hot topic session, excuse me, a hot topic area, I should say. Um, you cover different relationship issues I've seen. And then I found it interesting that you actually have a section where you do movie reviews, which I thought was kind of neat. I'm like, this is kind of a, a social thing that's kind of interacted along all these other things. Um, I wanted to ask you maybe if you could tell us, do you think the potential is there for expanding your site or adding on to it or or what do you think? Oh, sure. We're very open to suggestions. Actually, the movie reviews came about that way. Um, uh, we... Um, I think we put, um, I can't remember the original one, we put one interview, one movie review in there. That, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the first one was, but um, we started to get very good feedback about it. So we said, well, let's write some more. And just, oh, it's probably not more than two weeks ago, we started to separate them into a separate review section. And now uh, we're, we're about to add book reviews as well. And that came wow. out of, yeah, the first one is a book called uh, uh, called An Available Man uh, by a woman named woman, uh, Hilda Wolzer. It's a novel, by the way. This is not a uh, not a factual book. It's a novel. But, really? Uh, um, yeah, and this woman has written a novel about a mature man who is widowed and uh, his dating experiences. And it's a, it's a very intriguing book. Hmm. Um, uh, so we're going to expand it, uh, but again, always oriented to the mature person who's into this new life experience. Sure. That tends to be our target now, men and women, actually. And that's nice, too, to have that expansion, because I know that, that um, you know, my presumption was that you were going to be strictly dealing with the male side of things, so it's neat to be able to branch out more and to be able to offer more and, and hopefully more people will get involved and get excited about it and kind of check out your website and see what you all have to offer because, like I said, it's just amazing the amount of wisdom one can pass on to another. I find it just fascinating. Uh, I was the book. Interviewed about, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, dear. Uh, I was interviewed about three weeks ago on um, uh, the morning news uh, of CBS, the, the local station here in New York. We had, within a half hour after that interview, we had 10,000 hits, just over 10,000 hits on our website. Wow. So I guess people are pretty interested in this topic. Amazing. And not only that, like I said, you know, you have it structured and put together in such a way that I just find it to be so intriguing. Um, and hopefully other individuals will go ahead and check it out. And additionally, of course, like we were just prefacing, um, you've done your book, Suddenly Solo, which is a lifestyle roadmap for the mature, widowed, or divorced man. Uh, let me ask and you. Uh, it's not, it's got cartoons, it's got uh, jokes, it's got hits. One of my favorite hits is um, uh, Cut Your Toenails. You know why. Okay. People want to get into bed with a woman who's cracked her shins. Right. So cut your toenails as, as little, you know, as little hints all through the book like that. I gotcha. Uh I wanted to ask, because, of course, obviously the book has not come out as of yet, um, does it cover the same types of things that we find typically on the website, or have you gone out further in regards to topic-wise? What, what do you cover in the book necessarily that you wouldn't find on the website, per se? Um, well, in a way, the book starts 
from the immediate situation after you've been widowed or divorced. And it, okay. it gets into little grubby things like, where's the checkbook? How do you pay your bills? Where do you get your laundry done? I had a man in an interview say to me, um, his wife passed away over a weekend. From a Friday to Sunday, she was gone. Okay. He was a very white shirt kind of guy, always with a shirt and a tie, and and, uh, um, and that was his nature. He didn't know where to get his shirts done because all he knew is he took off his shirts, throw them into, threw them into the laundry, and he went to his drawer, and there were no more white shirts there. Well, he did not know where to get it. That, that simple kind of basic stuff um, we have in the book about things like uh, 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 simple, what we call uh, malnutrition avoidance. Uh, where do you eat? What do you eat? Um, you know, there's the whole business of, of um, uh, and we have a cartoon about this, about um, women being on your doorstep with meatloaf. Um, how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, how big a freezer do you have? Right. Uh, there are narratives in there of, uh, that deal with issues like that um, uh, that are that come out of our interviews and out of the life experiences that people talk to us about. Sure. And may I ask additionally, um, what, what proved to be the inspiration for doing the book? What made you want to do the book in addition to the website? Well, actually, it started the other way. We started thinking in terms of writing a book, and, and my partner uh, is, is a, an experienced writer and, and my golf buddy, which is how it all came to be, and talking about it on the golf cart, we said, gee, we could do a book around this stuff. And that's how the book started. And then after we had started uh, formulating and outlining the book, the issue of, of putting up a website was came about, and and we followed that sequence. Um, the the book is uh, uh, a really quite fascinating task, and if you've not written a book, you then discover how difficult it really is to put it all together in a rational, logical way, and that's that's pretty much uh, what we try to do with the book. So we we kiddingly say. Well, maybe not so kiddingly. It covers everything from condiments to condoms. Wow. And that's the range of activity. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. And how long had you? How long did it actually take from start to finish to do the completion of the book? Um, more than a year, probably closer to 18 months. Wow. It, and it, it's only 174 pages. Well, maybe not only. That still uh, covers a lot of ground. But it took about yeah about a year and a half because we we'd write something we'd redigest it we'd rewrite it um, and um, because we wanted it to be an enjoyable read so that you could sit down and not struggle through it. In fact, sure. in the in, in the forward I wrote, um, I say things like, "Look, if you if you've already are at the." The dating stage, which usually for a widowed man takes about a year before he starts to date, according to our research, then go to the section about dating and learn what are the ways that people are dating. Uh, learn about the new world of, uh, of uh, online dating. Um, right. 21% of, of men who are involved with a woman have met her through online dating. It's the single largest category of meeting a woman today. And that was a complete surprise to us because, again, we're dealing with mature people. 
but they're going online uh, and using the websites that are specifically designed for mature people. So that's that's thing of a revelation. I guess I'm there, there's not lots of things that we found that were really rather fascinating. Uh, we we we've been we've been destroying myths in one way, the media myths, if you like. You know mm-hmm. the, the the whole idea. Oh, um, mature when they they want they want to be dating these thirty year old blondes with big boobs. Not right. true at all. Totally a media story. Absolutely wrong. Mature men want to deal, date mature women. Mm-hmm. They want to be dealing with women around their own age that look their age. All of our data, and you know, I'm not referring to numbers, but I've got tons of tables and numbers. Overwhelmingly, they want to be with women they are comfortable with, and that means the women that are in their own age range where they have similar experiences. Uh, those are the women that they are comfortable with, and it's not the, the you know the the the, the blue, big blue blonde. <laughs> That's not sure. their target. That's sure. a media myth. In fact, and I think um, it, just on hair color, um, uh, if I remember the exact numbers, I think it's roughly it's about forty-seven percent of men prefer brunettes, where about thirty-five percent prefer blondes. Really? Yep. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> that is unusual, yeah, too, actually. Or there's more information like that. Uh, that um, um, and, and Claire all, by the way, was one of my clients. <laughs> oh. Okay. Look at that. It's amazing what you find out about somebody in the course of their history, isn't it? Yeah. Um, now, I want to ask in your personal opinion, what do you feel personally has been the best relationship advice you have ever offered to an individual before. Yes, I I can really I think I I've got an answer for that. It's okay. Look at the person and the personality. Don't be misled because a woman may be a little rounder than than um, or have a few wrinkles. I mean, those are the signs of the life they've led. They're, they're the badges that mm-hmm. that uh, people develop over a long, over their life, over their life. It's reflective of their own life experiences. So think of the person, of the personality. Um, and somewhere in the book we say something about joining uh, a health club and recognize that at the health club, um, you know, <laughs> everything hangs out. Your your somewhat enlarged stomach is going to pop out. Well, you can't be walking around sucking it in. And the same is true of of a woman. That that woman with the not a thirty six twenty four thirty six figure can be a really lovely person that you'll enjoy being with. Think in those terms rather than in the superficial terms of purely the physical appearance. Gotcha. I think that. That's one of the. That's really a key thing that we try to stress throughout the book. The mm-hmm. person, the personality, that's more important than anything else that you'll deal with. Of course, 
And not only that, it, it has longevity to it, which I have always said to people myself. The looks go, the figure goes. Things at a certain point in time, age catches up with us. Yeah, that's, you know. that's absolutely true for men and women. Oh, of course, mm-hmm. definitely, although you mature much better than we do. I think that's a fact. I think men just mature okay. better than women do. Yeah. They do. But I do think that the fundamental, you know, I think the fundamental principle stays whether you're younger or whether you're older. You have to like that person as much as you love that person. Absolutely. Otherwise, I think, you know, longevity is just not going to happen, you know? We talk about liking as a very key element in in our book, and uh, we even scale it in degrees of liking, and Sex is not the end objective. Absolutely not the important, very important, but that's mm-hmm. not the objective. The end objective is being with the person that you like and she likes you. That's what the relationship. That's what's going to stick with you. Definitely. I would agree 100%. You're absolutely right. Um you don't happen to give a uh, relationship advice to uh, younger people, do you? Because <laughs> I just had a situation uh, yesterday. I, I, I guess there are things we've learned that apply to younger people as well, but that's not been our focus, uh, sure. and we we really are, are focused on the mature person because there's okay. very little information out there for them. That's, again, what started me when I, uh, you know, I went on online after my wife passed away. There are... Dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of books for women. There's virtually nothing for men. Wow. And that's the gap we've tried to fill. Gotcha. Get and you're doing it successfully. Men. And, and, and now we find that so much of the information and the findings are meaningful to women as well. Certainly. I would agree. Do you find that um, the suddenly souls in society, do you find them to be a forgotten demographic, do you think? Yes. Men, the men are. The men are because they don't have the the support structures that women do. Women talk. They meet. They they have their coffee clutches. Men don't. And men don't really talk seriously about their feelings to other men. It just doesn't it's just not in, in our nature. And they they lack the structure and they you know when they're widowed or, or immediately after they're widowed or divorced, oh, people will, you know, will extend a hand. But then that fades after, you know, three or four months or so. And then they are left alone. They're off there floating around. Um, they need help. They turn to support. They turn, we recommend that they turn to bereavement groups or support groups or, um, you know, the things that go on at the local community houses where they have groups, or simply join other other kinds of activities. Get your ass out there is what we say. Get out there. And, you know, we're social beings, but men don't always know how to do this. And mm-hmm. uh, it, they are overlooked in our, in our population. They kind of uh, disappear. They get picked off once they get in. They get out there, that, you know, because the ratios work for them. It's roughly uh, four to one female to male at 65, 75 in that age range. But they have to be out there. And you hear women all the time saying, gee, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to meet men because they don't put themselves out there. And so sure. we're trying to encourage men to get out there, to make themselves available, find the situation.
organizations. It may be anything. You may you may find that getting into a, a bird watching group puts you into a social situation where you will meet other bird watchers, one of whom may be a very nice woman that you enjoy being with. So make yourself available. Get out there and do it. Right. Um, that, I would that's agree a, with you. That's a key message in the book. I think we end up, our very last line is almost exactly that, to get out there. And that's exactly and, right. And of course I, this I means uh, women have the support, but they have to be out there as well and be prepared to to uh, to to expose themselves to the interaction of, of meeting men. And men have to be prepared to do the same. And we, we strongly push that. Well, and of course, obviously, most people, I have noticed in the past that nine times out of ten in relationships, even with younger individuals, people will complain and say, you know, I want to be in a relationship and I want to meet somebody, but yet taking the steps to do that seem to be where they're missing. It's kind of like they complain that they don't have it, but yet what are they doing to actually embark upon this? Or what are you what are you doing to help encourage this to flourish? Do you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. It's it's a tough step to, to yep. put yourself out there. Definitely. But that's the only Definitely way it happens. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. Again, wise beyond his years, I have to say. Um, my last question for you, Hal. Five years down the road, where do you see yourself? What's going to flourish? What are you going? What are your personal and professional goals for the next five years? Oh, that's a tough one, especially at my age. But it's <laughs> a really good question. It's a Thank really you. good question. I would hope that the book is out there and is successful, that we are then able to follow up with uh, with another book or two partly devoted to women's experiences because the book is filled with relationship experiences, real experiences, um, and, and perhaps um, uh, have a second website that would be a support website for women. We're not a dating site. Understand that that's that's not our our uh, our area. We're not a dating site. What we are is, is a place where people can get information that will help them, particularly if they, uh, in, in one aspect, if they do decide to go online to date or to put themselves out there dating. What's the new culture like for men and women, and to give them that understanding so they can deal with the new experiences that the new culture represents. And we have a whole theory that, uh, that mature people today are behaving and operating more like the 20, 30-year-olds of today. So uh, I want to look at that really in a, in a more structured fashion and may really try to do a, uh, uh, an academic paper on it as well. So that, that's, part of the, that's one of the kinds of things that's floating around in my head right now as part of my uh, my objectives for the next five years. And hopefully over that time I too will 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 meet a woman that that I will be comfortable with and have a, a long term relationship with. Look at that, you took it right out of my mouth because I was gonna ask if the relationship guru actually had someone in his life but now that answers the question obviously. I, I um, have and then that there have been issues and, and separations. So um uh you know uh, uh, things are in flux. So when will you be in, in New York, Cindy? 
Good question, actually. I'm thinking about it. I know that it won't be in January because I'm doing California. I want to shoot for, um, oh, in February, I have to take a trip to Vegas. We're probably looking at March. <laughs> We're into March already. My time is pretty sparse. I am a mom. I mean, I have a radio show. I am uh, doing a documentary right now. I'm doing a second radio show now. And I have children. No significant others, so at least that, that's the part that's missing. But I have all this other stuff, so uh, it's probably going to have to wait a couple months. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm planning to be here waiting for you. Oh, that would be absolutely lovely. And before I forget, I wanted to mention this to everybody that's listening. Um, I want to give the Twitter handle out because uh, Hal is on Twitter, which is the at symbol suddenly solo Hal, which is all together. I know that you're on Facebook. Uh, you can go ahead and like the page Suddenly Solo. I also know that if you go to the particular website that they have, that you can also be accessed by YouTube. Is that correct? I want to make sure right. of that. The okay. videos are I wasn't on quite sure what you had there. Yeah, there are, there are okay. uh, probably about uh, eight or ten that are uh, experience videos. And there's one that I did that explains um, what we are all about uh, and what we're trying to do with the website. Uh, and, and that you can see on the suddenlysolo.org. Yes, I was and just going to that the website. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the book is, uh, is, uh, is at the printer as we speak. I expect to see hard copies in, within two weeks. And okay. it should be available on Amazon next week. Okay. Is it going to be anywhere else, meaning locally in terms of New York, or is it just going to be purchased strictly through Amazon.com? Well, at the moment we see it primarily as Amazon.com. But you can also order it. I'm pretty sure they've set it up that you can order hard copies through um, either Amazon or directly on our website. I think gotcha. the, the the technical people may have set it up that way. Gee, I ought to find out. <laughs> it would be a good yeah. piece of information me to know. It would, actually, and then you can let me know, and then I can post it up, well, because after this um, interview completes, uh, when I go on to Facebook and my other pages, I'll be listing all your information again, so people can go back and take a look, and for any individual who has not heard the interview live tonight can always go back and listen to it as an archived episode, so they have access to be able to still listen to you and to hear your interview. Um, again, I wanted to say thank you to Dana Humphrey, of course, for arranging this lovely interview. Hal, I, I'm just speechless, because I have to say that you've been a perfect first guest. I've learned a lot. I think you are wise beyond your years, and I feel very graced and very lucky that you're on my show today. I appreciate it very much. Cindy, I've really enjoyed this, and you've taken me into thinking about issues I had not been thinking about. Ah, this is good. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yes, you wait for me. Wait for me to come to New York, and I will come, and I will knock on your door. We can have a lovely dinner together. I think that would be absolutely lovely. Looking forward to it. All right, dear. You have yourself a nice new year. Thank you, and you too. Keep All right, well. dear, take care. Okay. Bye. That was my exclusive interview with Hal Spielman. Um, just wanted to reiterate one more time. If you're looking for him, he's on Facebook on Suddenly Solo, at Twitter, which is at Suddenly Solo Hal altogether. And, of course, if you go and look on YouTube, you'll be able to go ahead and check out um, some of the work that they've done. The website is www.suddenlysolo.org. And, of course, as Hal had mentioned, in the relative near future, you're going to be able to access his book through Amazon.com. Again, thanks so much, Hal. It was absolutely lovely. I look forward to coming to New York to visit all of my good friends, including Dana Humphrey, of course. And just as a shout-out, it sounds like we're almost to go for tomorrow's interview, Aviva Drescher, Real Housewives of New York. Please check my page sometime later today or my Facebook page to try to find out who we're going to have tomorrow, if not Aviva Drescher. 
So I hope all of you will take the time to clear your schedule tomorrow for me, one hour. I look forward to having you on the show then, and you have yourself a good night.